All right, so I just had a big, big, big old mouthful of nuts and I'm gone away to pick up some water and I'm hoping that my mouth isn't too dry from these nuts. Let's start off with some quick value. So one of my dear friends, Zena, uh, read this book recently about how to save and heal your teeth. And uh, I can't remember what it's called. Let me find out. Okay, I found it. It's called Cure Tooth Decay by Ramil Nagel. If you just type in Cure Tooth Decay, uh, you'll definitely find it on Amazon. And it's basically about how to heal your teeth naturally. And um, a lot of, and it recommends kind of a diet to follow. And so Zena, my friend, was sharing this with me. And some of the things have definitely stuck in my mind. And the first one is nuts. So as someone who wants to eat healthily, I've always read online everywhere that nuts are great. A great source of protein, great source of fats, super ultra healthy. Ideally, they're not roasted or salted, you know, just raw nuts, boom, great snack. Much better than a chocolate bar or some like piece of crap, like actually healthy. And she told me, no, that's actually not the case. Uh, nuts are really unhealthy and especially dangerous for your teeth. And it's because nuts are, I believe, like, this, uh, like seeds in that you want, if you put a walnut into the ground and water it and it's in the right conditions, it's gonna grow into a tree. That's how the walnut is gonna survive uh, and how more of the trees are gonna grow. Obviously, every uh, species on the planet wants to grow and reproduce. So the way the walnut is gonna reproduce is by growing more walnut trees. And it can only do that if the seed is planted in the ground. And to deter people from doing, uh, to, to defend itself, it covers, it's covered in sp specific acids and things that protect it. And apparently these acids uh, are really harmful for your teeth. I think it's phytic acid, if I remember correctly. And it, it can be really, really damaging to your teeth, which makes sense because walnuts obviously don't want to be eaten. They, whoa, nearly fell. Uh, they want to be turned into other walnut, other walnut trees. And uh, the way to remove this phytic acid is number one, if you soak your nuts overnight, and number two, uh, roast them as well. So we it's actually really easy to do. You just buy all your nuts, uh, put them into a big pot, leave them overnight, and then the next morning, or even the next evening if you come back from work, you can just pop them onto a tray, put them into the oven at 180 degrees for 10 minutes, and then all that water should have evaporated, and now you've got these kind of, uh, you've got these nuts that have both, that have twice fold, kind of got rid of this damaging phytic acid for your teeth. And now all those health benefits from the nuts, you can actually feel them. They're not, they're not damaging to your teeth. And they're also, as I said, you know, great protein source, great fat source, awesome times. The only negative to this is that they don't taste the same as normal nuts. I remember <laughs> I went on a, we were on a walk uh, with some of our friends and I brought nuts along with me and my girlfriend. Uh, so we've got into this habit now of soaking and roasting them. We're used to eating them now. And it's kind of like when you start eating salad, 
You know, in comparison to eating a, a burger or chips or something like a salad, doesn't really taste as nice. But knowing when you eat a salad that it's actually healthier, in my mind at least makes it taste better or it makes me feel better when I'm eating it. And it's the same thing with the nuts. They definitely don't taste as good, but you're, you've, you've got that, oh, well, it's healthy for me. So therefore there's, there's kind of a better taste from that. And <laughs> we handed the nuts out to our friends and <laughs> gave everyone like a small, a small little handful and then <laughs> They had them and I explained what we'd done to them and then I was like anyone anyone want any more and they were like no like not a single not a single person came back and wanted more. Now I know that may put you off but I just don't think they were prepared you know. Give it a try really good for your teeth boom a little bit of value there to kick off the episode. In other news today as I'm recording this is Sunday and uh, what I do on Sundays now, thanks to this awesome, awesome, awesome book I'm reading called Getting Things Done, is I aim to have, we, I do my weekly reviews on Sunday. So my working week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, take Wednesdays off, whoop, whoop. Um, I just focus on my freelancing business. So I just wanna do coding. I'm a machine learning engineer. Uh, as much coding as I possibly can. I don't really want to worry about admin. I don't really want to worry about anything that isn't just going to billing the hourly stuff. And so I leave all of my admin kind of for the weekend. And I found that that's actually a really nice way for me to do it because I can just focus solely on the admin during the week. I don't have to worry. And I know that eventually the important things are going to get done. I've also found out, I've also realized that those admin tasks that like really, really, really need to happen as soon as possible, then you, you just do them. If, if something really, really needs to get done, uh, you're going to do it. And for ideas that I have throughout the week about how to improve my life in general, I, or, or for my machine learning stuff, I have an in folder. Uh, and in, I use this thing, this tool called Workflowy. So it's Workflow with a Y and at the end of it. Really, really amazing tool. I was using Trello before this, and I just found like I was just building lists and lists and lists, and I wasn't reviewing anything, and it didn't really seem that it seemed intuitive, but it didn't really seem to be helping me that much. Like I was still just trying to remember everything in my head. But Workflowy combined with getting things done means that. Now I have this physical location, well, it's a website, but where I can, I can jot all my ideas down and I know eventually I'm gonna get to them and I'm gonna review these ideas and then I'm gonna decide, do I actually want to continue this or should I archive this or put it as reference material for later on? If you have not re read Getting Things Done and you've kind of come up with your own productivity system and I, I would just really, really, really recommend reading it uh, because you are almost certainly doing stuff wrong if you've just made it up as you go along because this guy the book's written over with like 30 years of personal development productivity knowledge stuff this is like the productivity book and every everyone recommends it so i have my little in tray which i put my ideas in and that kind of gets filled up throughout the week 
So on Sundays, uh, it's the time to kind of go through this, process it, and decide what do I want to do with them? Do I want to make this into an action? Is this something I want to remember for later? And I start doing just all my little admin tasks. And I've also found that it's really nice to have this just like a few hours on a Sunday uh, set aside because I found sometimes I was doing it like in the mornings on like a Thursday, sometime in the, in the middle of the week. And I found that if I start with admin, then my mind's in admin mode. And then it was way more difficult to get into coding mode. It just requires completely different things. Like for admin, there's loads of these kind of menial tasks that you need to do. For example, today, uh, one thing I wrote down this week was get off Google because I, I heard two things. One was in a podcast episode. Uh, I think it was on the Pomp podcast. Not a podcast I'm familiar with, but I listened to this episode with uh, Balaji, Balaji Srinivasan, B-A-L-A-J-I. Awesome, awesome, awesome guy. He was the CTO of Coinbase for seven years and really big in the crypto space. Just super knowledgeable, super clever guy, very well read. Lots of ideas about the future. He's made lots of predictions in the past that have all come true. And if you're interested in the future, crypto, and just detailed, uh, clever analysis of what's actually going on in the world today. Can hardly, hardly, hardly recommend any podcast with Balaji. Uh, he was also on the Tim Ferriss show. And in one of those episodes, he said that he's in the process of, he, he basically recommends to get off Google and get off the cloud. Because he thinks in so, at some point in the next few years, the cloud is going to collapse. Everything we do at the moment is on the cloud. You know, Dropbox, you store all your files online. Google Drive, which is where all my stuff is. And it's so amazingly convenient. I love the cloud. I love my Google account and Gmail. It's all kind of linked up and synced. But the problem with this, obviously, is that if Google gets hacked, if Google Drive gets hacked, then you or I will be completely and utterly fucked. And... Another thing, and obviously people are trying to hack Google all the time, and uh, privacy, that's another massive issue. So one thing Balaji said was, there's actually quite a significant risk. He didn't really put a percentage on it. I wouldn't say it's like 80 or 90%, but I'd say probably double digit percentage that Google, as it grows and gets more and more data on everyone around the world and knows more and more, there's a chance that, it's, that Google's going to turn evil because given that much power, it, there's just going to be that temptation to corrupt. There's going to be that temptation to go like Terminator on everyone. And this is where things like crypto come in, privacy coins. I mean, Bitcoin isn't really a privacy coin, but there's way, there is a decent amount of privacy in it. Uh, but there's like privacy-focused coins like Zcash or Monero. And I'm thinking, like considerably thinking now about, you know, not being reliant on these big companies uh, and not being, uh, and having more privacy. So I signed up to Proton Mail, for example, today. I realize though, even as I'm saying this, it feels a bit hypocritical because I'm having a podcast right now, posted on Spotify and posted all around the world and uh, talking about my life and, and it's all... And I'm like, and I, I post things on Instagram and kind of by association Facebook and, you know, I'm using WhatsApp, but that's end-to-end -end encryption. There's, there's all these like, 
I've listened to a lot of crypto talks recently, the Internet of Money series by Andreas Antonopoulos, really, really, really amazing. And on Audible, they're like four hours long books, kind of transcripts of his talks. And he talks very passionately about this, about you know how we get these things because by trading our privacy, these are like micro uh, infringements on our privacy, but these all kind of add up. And at the moment, in 2021, it's not really an issue. Uh, I mean, we, we feel it slightly with Facebook and things and all these targeted ads and stuff, but like we in the West, at least, there's... I don't know anyone or have heard of anything where like something negative has happened because of it. Now, maybe, maybe I'm just completely missing something here and I'm just totally naive and maybe there's loads of examples, but it doesn't feel like a super dangerous thing right now. Like if I say, I have a Facebook account, no one's gonna look at me like, are you fucking crazy? Uh, <laughs> likewise, like, I post pictures of my personal life on Instagram. Like, are you fucking, what's wrong with you, Matt? Like everyone does this at the moment. It seems very, very normal right now. Okay, so I just stopped to fill up some water bottles. Uh, so hopefully this isn't a continuity error. I'm pretty sure though, I was talking about ProtonMail and privacy and how at the moment, it's not a big deal. If you've got an Instagram account, no one's gonna call you crazy. Um, but our privacy is being infringed upon. We are, we are willingly giving away all this information. I'm actually reading a book at the moment called Lethal White by Robert Galbraith. And it is, uh, I think it's the fourth book in this detective series. First one is called The Cuckoo's Calling. If you're interested in like detective novels or crime, really, really cool uh, series of books. It's actually written by JK Rowling, uh, but she's writing under a pseudonym. And in it, the detective Strike at one point is performing research on someone he's investigating. And then, yeah, he finds out so much by just like typing in that person's name, going to Facebook, reading through their public Facebook posts, and you can find out so much information about people. And like I said, at the moment, it doesn't feel like that's a problem. But there are people who, uh, for example, in China, or maybe it was Hong Kong, going through, when they went to the protests, some of them paid with, I think it was their, the WeChat app, or maybe they were talking through the WeChat app, or maybe it was through WhatsApp, but it was some one of these big, big, uh, messaging platforms and the Chinese government actually took that information from the company and used it to make arrests because obviously the protesters they weren't supposed to be there breaking the law and then people went to prison because the Chinese government because they weren't private enough and the Chinese government got hold of information uh, identifiable information and kind of yeah, now, now people in prison, or maybe they've paid fines uh, for that, got a criminal record. Whereas if you use something that was privacy focused, like that wouldn't have happened. And uh, biology talks about how the, he thinks the cloud is gonna burst. So that means that at some point there is gonna be a big cloud hack, and at some point all this faith in the cloud and the big service providers, it's gonna fall down. And yeah, and then there's gonna be a big change in the world. So I'm sort of taking steps now to get into that. I'm also reading this book at the moment called How to Live by Derek Sivers. Really, really cool guy, Derek Sivers. His first book, Anything You Want, um, talks about how he made this company CD Baby and basically about how he kind of grew this company to 
was it worth $20 million or something? And then he sold it, but it was all kind of very organically. And he didn't really follow the traditional, like make a company playbook and really, really cool. And he talks about, I would really, really recommend it's like an, an hour and a half or something on audible, anything you want, super short. So, so, so value packed. And uh, he talks about how he has his own server. And he kind of say, he stores everything locally, or if he does store stuff on the cloud, like it's on his own server. To be honest, I don't really understand how that works right now. I think I'm gonna do research into that. But it's this idea of kind of not being dependent on one of these big honeypot companies. Because once they get hacked, um, some serious shit is gonna go down. So I'm kind of in the process of preparing for that now. And these are the type of tasks that I leave for the, the weekend or for my admin time. Uh, because I think they're important, but they're not like urgent and vital and need to be done right now kind of tasks. For example, my freelancing business. So the reason I've started to do this as well is in getting things done, he says that the key really to making the system work is to do these uh, weekly reviews. And it's been a while actually since I've done a weekly review. Probably, I probably took at least two, if not three weeks off from doing them. And that's okay. But there's a great satisfaction in sitting down and kind of go, just doing all those kind of shitty tasks that are built up in your head, like delete all these emails that I don't need or read the emails and then kind of create actions that I need to do from them or like check, I'm, I'm flying to Poland in a week or so and checking in for my flight and my passport stuff and figuring out where I'm gonna go and figuring out what's gonna happen on the day. All, all these kind of little num, mind numbing, not that exciting tasks that just need to be done. Great, great, great places to do uh, in your weekly review. Though, that being said, uh, I also feel there would be value in doing some of these things during the week as well, like spending half an hour or something at the end of each day to kind of do these little tasks. But at the moment, this is what's been working for me. And I'm sure if you try and implement this, you'll find a rhythm that works for you. In other exciting news, I, two weeks ago, I had a bit of a money crisis and realized, fuck, this project that I've been working on with my mentor has been paused and it may, be, it may stay being paused for another month and I don't have any income. And I was like, fuck, I really need to earn some money. And I got really scared because I had about, uh, well, one and a half thousand pounds, but that was in crypto and the crypto market is crashing now. And I was like, oh, should I take it out? Or what if it goes back up? To be honest, I'm a pretty shitty crypto trader at the moment. I'm just like, I just want to hold on and not let go. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I got panicked. So I was like, fuck, I really need to make some money. And the pre, so not last week, but the week before, I started applying for jobs and things and nothing was really happening. I got this like small little tutoring job. And then last week I decided, fuck it, I need, to, I need to go all in on this. This is the most important thing for me to do. So all of the proposals I sent out, I'm a freelancer through Upwork and people post jobs on Upwork. And then I, as a freelancer, will send a proposal to that job and say, hey, hire me for these reasons. 
and I was putting a decent amount of effort into the proposals, but last week I realized, fuck, this is like my absolute number one priority now. I really need to make some money. So I'm just gonna go all in and put like way too much effort into each proposal because I know that like the killer, killer jobs, that's what I'm gonna have to do in order to, to get it and to stand out. And yeah, so I went from having no work on Wednesday to on Thursday, applying for something in the morning, having a call in the afternoon and having an offer for $50 an hour uh, be sent to me for 10 to 15 hours, up to 15 hours a week for four to six months got sent through in the same day. Amazing. And then also that same day, I had another call for an $80 an hour job, which is writing. At the moment, I want to focus on programming. Uh, and this would be kind of a hybrid between writing articles, like writing documentation for programming and uh, writing uh, and then working with the actual code because if you're writing documentation, you need to understand and use the code. Um, yeah, that was also like an, an up to 40 hours a week contract for like full time, as, ma as many months as I want. That came through. And then also on Friday, because of the momentum I had uh, from kind of Wednesday and Thursday, sending these absolutely killer proposals, I thought, fuck it. I'm just going to apply to this other job, which I think is a bit out of my league, but I'm just going to go for it anyway. $100 an hour. Let's see what happens. Boom. I submitted that. And I've got a call with them on Monday for $100 an hour. Again, something that could turn into a full-time position, which I don't want at the moment to be, which I don't really want. But that means like there's going to be work there like forever if I want it, or at least six months, I'm sure. And then another proposal came through um, for a data analyst role, which is not the type of thing I really want to be doing. That's but it's still related to data and there will be some there will be programming involved. And I have another call for that on Monday. So I went from having uh, zero work and being terrified to now having like two really good jobs, like actual offers come through. And now I've got two potentials lined up tomorrow, Monday, and I've gone from having to having not enough to way too much. And I think this just shows that how, how quickly things can change, especially I think if you're, if you're living correctly, you know, if you're, if you're being present, if you're offering value, if you're putting effort in, if you actually like know some shit that's valuable, then people are gonna wanna, people wanna pay you. People want to, people wanna work with good people and it's really hard to find good people. So that re that's really inspired me and it's made me excited and I, and I like being in this kind of free rolling position where I can, uh, I, I'll be able to, to pick and choose what jobs uh, I want to take. So that was a really exciting uh, turn of events that happened uh, over the last few days. Cool. All right. I think that's a nice place to stop. A little life update for you there. I hope that was interesting and valuable. I look forward to speaking to you in the next one. Bye. Why, why did I go so high pitched there at the end? I'm not sure. I'm not sure what happened there.